This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Sound with Amy Dunphy. Now, it has been another difficult week for Joe Biden. The U.S. president was last weekend in India for the G20 meeting. On the way back, there was a stopover in Vietnam, and he had yet another stumbling speech incident that was embarrassing, and he has come back to some more dreadful poll numbers Arguably the most dreadful being that 73%, somewhere between 73 and 77% of Democratic voters believe he is too old to run for the White House next November. This is a truly staggering number in my mind. And last night, Mitt Romney, former presidential candidate who ran against Barack Obama in 2012, decided he's retiring from the Senate. And in passing, he said that both Donald Trump and Joe Biden should stand down and make way for younger rivals. So age is definitely an issue in this coming campaign. And Biden's ability or capacity, not only to run, but to see another term out, which effectively would take him to the age of 86 or maybe older, is at issue. And as well, this week, the Republicans, our old friend, the majority leader, Kevin McCarthy of the House of Representatives, started talking about impeaching Joe Biden for things that have to do with his son, Hunter Biden. Vast amounts of money, one has to say, received from Ukrainians back in the day to discuss all of this. We're joined from Washington now by Niall Stanich. Niall is the associate editor of The Hill newspaper and the White House columnist for that paper. He's a brilliant journalist and he has been keeping us since our inception as a podcast up to date with what happens in Washington. Niall, it's hard to overstate, even I can't do it, the drama that's building up around the Biden situation at the moment. 
It is, and I think age is probably the first topic on the list there, Eamon. You mentioned some poll numbers and this latest uh, sort of meandering performance by the president in Vietnam. And again, it is worth underlining that this is not a concern that is solely driven by Fox News or even by Republican voters, never mind Republican politicians. There are clearly concerns about President Biden's age that to some degree transcend party lines. And that is a big problem. One saving grace for Joe Biden is that there is no very obvious alternative. I mean, we can talk about other options uh, perhaps later on in this uh, recording, but there's nobody who is the obvious rival or the obvious compelling rival. And so Democrats, in a sense, are stuck with with Biden. It's very difficult to defeat an incumbent president of your own party if you want to mount a primary challenge but none of that uh, erodes or erases the depth of those concerns about his age. And those problems are reflected in the polls. Effectively, it seems, he's running neck and neck with Donald Trump, but the numbers are low. Yes, they are. I mean, they would both be uh, very unpopular. If you test the favorability ratings of both Biden and Trump, they're both um, underwater, as we say here. It's typically around about 40% view each of them favorably and 55 unfavorably. Um, but the mere fact that Biden has no particular advantage in that respect, nor does he have an advantage in uh, the direct hypothetical election matchups, is obviously worrisome for Democrats. Um, I mean, I would say... Uh, looking at the situation right now, that that old phrasing that people use a lot, you know, if the election were held today, yes, um, I think Joe Biden would lose if it were held today. Right. And that, of course, is serious. And there is, if I'm not mistaken, in I, I read and watch American media, there is no doubt now among people who are interested in politics, who are, you know, plugged in, There's no doubt about the consequence of this election, how important it is, given the world situation, given Putin's behavior, and given the poor relationship now with China, and given how dependent we are in Europe, really, on the United States of America. And in fact, Biden has been can I just run this by you? I shouldn't. No, go ahead. In my eyes and in the eyes of most Europeans, Biden has risen to the challenge that Putin raised with his invasion of Ukraine, his criminal behavior, the threat it poses to countries in the Baltic, and that he's been fine. You know, he's been everything. And everyone who thinks about these things, and most people do, more people than not in Europe, just occasionally has a flash. What would have happened if Donald Trump had been president? Mm-hmm. Yes, a very fair point, given Donald Trump's propensity to be extremely close, almost craven toward Putin. Trump right now says he could end the war in Ukraine within 24 hours and implies that he would do so by pressing the Ukrainians to make concessions or to give up the territory. The other point, Eamon, uh, that you mentioned about President Biden's handling of Ukraine, um, in domestic terms here in the United States, it is one of the issues that he scores highest on um, in polls, but that is 
quite a low bar. For example, there was a Gallup poll last month um, that his uh, American approval of the president's handling of the situation in Ukraine at 47%, higher than his overall approval rating of 40%. So it's really other things like uh, inflation, immigration, uh, the economy is, is a complicated question because it has some strong yes. elements and strong weak, weak elements. But it is those domestic concerns, in addition to, I think, this general um, perception that Republicans have been able to make, make stick to him of weakness. I think those things have hurt Biden in a way that uh, relative approval of his handling of the situation in Ukraine has not counterbalanced. Now, one of the factors when people reflect on this presidency and on Biden's fate going forward is his age and the fact that he would be 86 or maybe 87 when his, how old? 80, would, 80, 86 at the end of a second. 86. Mm. What would happen if he died in office or became too, too infirm to govern? And in a very interesting piece you wrote for The Hill this week, you go through the alternatives, and some of them aren't great. Can we start now with Vice President Kamala Harris? Obviously, the heir apparent, you would have thought, yet not many people seem enamoured of the idea of a President Harris. No, that's right. In fact, the idea of a President Harris is being used by some of the people competing for the Republican nomination to rally voters to their side. Uh, Nikki Haley, the former United Nations governor and former governor of South Carolina, talks quite frequently about the idea that a vote for Biden is a vote, as she puts it, for President Harris. The reason that someone like Haley makes that argument is that Harris's poll ratings are no better, really, than Joe Biden's. Uh, and there is additional concern, I think, that she has been um, underwhelming, not just as vice president, but ran an underwhelming campaign herself in 2020, dropped out before any votes were, were cast. Um, it is not clear what advantage uh, Kamala Harris would bring as a, let's say, as a candidate if Biden suddenly and unexpectedly decided to pull back from running. Um, Kamala Harris would not noticeably improve on his standing, despite the fact that I think she's about 25, almost 30, 30 years younger than him. So it's not only about age, obviously, uh, you know, there are concerns about Harris as well. Yes, and to just back up what you said about their unfavorable Ratings in an Economist YouGov poll this week, Harris and Biden had an identical, unfavorable rating of fifty-five percent. Mm. This is a piece you, you sent me, which you wrote yourself. So we we need to move on, and we've been here before. But let's talk about the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He was one of the people that ran against Biden in the primaries to see who would be the Democratic nominee four years ago, an uninspiring, if, well, mm. an uninspiring figure, however competent he may be as transportation secretary. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, of course, these are to some extent subjective judgments, but I've never been particularly blown away by Pete Buttigieg. He did better than people expected in 2020. I've always found him a rather, um, you know, when people use Blairite as a pejorative, referring to a sort of vagueness yes. that Tony Blair <laughs> had, or a sort of we believe in good things and don't believe in bad things kind of yep. Yeah. Um I, I've always felt that Buttigieg is a bit prone 
to that. And uh, I mean, again, obviously, he, he failed to defeat Biden in the 2020 primary. His time may come sooner or later, though I'm not even convinced of that. But uh, I don't think in the near future he would necessarily be a more um, effective candidate. He's a gay man. He's also very or quite unpopular for a Democrat with black voters. He is. He has real difficulties with black voters. He sort of appeals to uh, a, a white liberal intelligentsia, really, I would say, is the main Pete Buttigieg constituency. And so black voters and working class voters tend to be a lot less enamored with him in general. He had real difficulty. We did terribly with black voters in the contests that he participated in in 2020, and unless that suddenly and mysteriously turned around, that would be a big problem because obviously African Americans are a very important constituency within the Democratic Party and for the Democratic Party in general elections. Now, Niall, one person that you, I think, seem to favour, and certainly she is an attractive candidate, is the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. She has shown and in the piece you've written for your newspaper, The Hill, you're very favorably disposed towards her as someone who could run credibly for the presidency if something happened to Joe Biden as of now. Yeah, that's right. The reason I'm favorably disposed toward her really is she has significantly fewer of the negatives that afflict some of these other candidates. A lot of these other candidates can be quite easily uh, either dismissed as sort of coastal elitists, like say Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, or have other problems like we just discussed with Harris and Buttigieg, or are too far to the left. Uh, perhaps in a national election. that None of that is true of Gretchen Whitmer, who represents Michigan as governor, uh, an industrial, um, you know, some would say rust belt, although they yes. don't love that term, uh, state, a uh, state that obviously the, the car industry has been very important in. It's very, uh, it has tended to be pretty working class and pretty middle of the road politically. She herself, when she first, she's now in her second term, when she ran for governor the first time around, one of her big slogans was fix the damn roads, which were ridden with potholes and all that. The only reason I mention that is that it it sort of points to her appeal as this kind of pragmatic problem solver, which tends to be a more electable sort of platform on which to stand in America than a, a very radically left-wing position. Yes, and it appeals to the blue-collar people, many of whom drifted off to Trump. Yes, exactly, exactly. And uh, in fact, I think I'm right in saying Trump won Michigan in 2016, uh, though uh, the Democrats won it back in 2020. But in the middle of all that, Gretchen Whitmer was elected governor there in 2018 and won re-election last year, we might add, handsomely, um, partly because she was running against a Trumpian candidate, but also because she had made herself quite a champion of abortion rights, which, as you and I have discussed before, is a very salient political issue here. Yes, and the key to her and the importance of reflecting on her now is she's ready to go now. Yes. And she's mature, she's uh, tested with the electorate, and she's good to go. And one can think of a, a stronger contrast to... Trump, particularly given the Roe v. Wade Mm -hmm. judgment in the Supreme Court and how significant that may be in the coming presidential election, this would be 
you'd make a favorite, would you, against Trump? Uh, well, I, I, I would consider her, again, subjective opinion, I would consider her the strongest candidate. Now, the strongest candidate doesn't always win party primaries, yes. but I would say she would be the person, perhaps particularly if your listeners are not that familiar with her, she would be the person that I recommend keeping an eye on because I think she's a very talented politician uh, with uh, really, you know, a, a very well tailored to a national election. We should also point out, since we're discussing age uh, so much, I mean, she's only 52, so by yes. political standards, that's fairly youthful, and obviously she has time on her side. Yeah, just one other person we might mention in this conversation, Niall, mm. that's AOC, yes. the congresswoman from New York, Alexandria mm. Ocasio-Cortez. Mm -hmm. She is a very attractive candidate for all kinds of reasons to people who are radical on the left. Mm. She is, I suppose you could say, the darling of, of the left. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the right thing to say, but mm. she's certainly an exciting and intelligent, charismatic politician. Almost reminds me of John F. Kennedy, um, she'd probably take great exception to being as conservative <laughs> as John F. Kennedy really was. But however, tell yeah. us about her and her future, because she is, uh, as I said, in the Congress, she's from New York. Will there ever be a time that she could con consider running? She could certainly consider running, and she has a lot of fans. She's one of the few true national stars in American politics. Yes. Now, the the stardom is partly driven by the fact that she incites such strong reactions both ways. So the left love her and the right loathe her and Fox News gives her a lot of coverage because I think they regard her as a useful person to sort of um, spark outrage among their more conservative uh, viewing public. She's a youthful Latina left-winger woman from New York. Um, before any of your listeners would think, oh, she's not old enough in the next election, she is just about, actually. She will turn 35, which is the minimum age to be president under the American Constitution, a few weeks before the 2024 election. Very good on social media, very charismatic, very good speaker. And um, the issue really is, is she just too left-wing by American standards to get elected? Because she could well be beloved in New York and in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. But, you know, does she win suburban Ohio? That is a more difficult thing, I think, to, to see in her case. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now we're talking alternatives, but I should raise the question of a piece, a very influential piece, in this morning's Washington Post by a respected journalist called David Ignatius. The headline said, Joe Biden should not run in 2024. This was newsworthy for many reasons. First of all, Ignatius is a very good journalist and respected. Secondly, he's quite well regarded by Biden and that's a mutual thing and thirdly because it raises from within as it were the democratic camp and the respected wing of that camp the question that really has not been answered and is it is is it overshadowing would it be fair to say that it's a very big story here. It's very unusual for an opinion column to get as much attention as this David Ignatius column has got. And it is for many of the reasons that you said. Ignatius is a very serious guy, sort of foreign policy specialist, uh, roughly the same generation as Biden himself. He's a little bit younger. But I, my point really is this is not some um, kind of clickbait guy yeah. looking for the sensationalist headline, nor is it someone who is at all um, bearing any animus toward Joe Biden on a personal level, um, regards Biden highly, and that, as you say, appears to be mutual. So it's more that because this is a call coming from such um, an establishment voice, in a way, and yes. a Biden-friendly voice, it is certainly contributing to this whole conversation about what is going to happen. Now, it's worth emphasizing, Eamon, we have no indication at all that Joe Biden, uh, President Biden is going to sort of step aside from seeking re-election. No. He's launched his campaign. He, he's off and running. But the fact that these calls are being made is, I think, indicative of the depth of worry around in democratic circles about his age in particular. Yes, and I mean, one of the things that's striking about the system in the United States is there is a Biden administration mm. and it stretches far and wide. And a, a president isn't like a prime minister, say, in the British case or in Macron's case, uh, that kind of president. It's a different thing. Mm. But you can't really sit it out in the White House, can you? If you, no. if you don't have your faculties. And there is yeah. a sense now in which cognitive ability to, you know, 
and indeed even get through the basics, as we saw this week in a stumbling performance in Vietnam, and we've seen increasingly, I think even in the last 12 months, a palpable increase in his frailty. Mm. This is hard to see mm. if you look at a six-year or five-year timescale. Well, that's that's exactly it. Eamon, I, I was just going to say that. I mean, we see, as you say, increased frailty in the relatively recent past. Yeah. And it's you know worth bearing in mind, we're well over a year out from the 2024 election, which means we're five and a bit years out from yes. when would be the end of Biden's second term. So how, it's not only about, you know, can he get through the next election or can he win the next election? It's what happens when you say to voters, say a year from now, which will be about six weeks from the election, uh, how, how do you feel about this guy being, you know, dealing with a national crisis in 2026 yes. or 2027 yes. or tw early 2028? I mean, that gives, I think, a lot of people cause for concern. What does Ignatius say in the Washington Post as his reasons and does he offer an alternative? Um, he doesn't name an alternative, but essentially his reasoning is that the his argument is that uh, Joe Biden stepped up in 2020 to save America from Donald Trump is essentially Ignatius' Ignatius's point of view. Yes. And the danger then is that by hanging on too long, yes. he would open the door for Trump to get back in again, which would then, in a sense, wipe out uh, the this signature achievement of his uh, of his political career. Um, that it the idea that Biden had of saving the soul of America, or Ignatius quotes his yes. inaugural address about healing a broken land, yes. would be undone essentially if he held on too long or lost. Now, finally, Niall, and it's strange to be saying finally about mm. impeachment, but we learned this week, or we saw this week, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, third in line for the presidency, should something happen to the president, vice president, the next person would be our old friend, Mike Kevin, that is Kevin McCarthy, who is, according to Donald Trump, his, and all the evidence is that he is Donald Trump's. He said he was forced by this madman Gates into initiating preparations or investigations to impeach Joe Biden because of the Biden family's crimes. And there, this is not idle because there is stuff there, isn't there, about... Hunter Biden, which we mentioned, I think, on the podcast in recent times. And there's also millions of dollars. And there, there is a dinner that Joe Biden is alleged to have attended. I think there is something there, isn't there? Well, there's certainly something there in relation to Hunter Biden, whose business dealings are enormously sketchy and who had a plea deal collapse quite recently and is likely to face charges um, pertaining to non-payment of tax and pertaining separately to lying on a uh, application for a gun license. In relation to Joe Biden, I don't think there is as yet compelling evidence of corruption or wrongdoing or anything illegal in, on his part. Now, it is true that Hunter Biden occasionally got him on the phone to seemingly prove to business yes. partners or potential business partners that he could get him on the phone. 
um, understandably, given it's his, his father. But even people who are now critical of Hunter Biden don't say that there was substantive things there about business discussed. Yes. And there is, and this is, of course, uh, an important point that we've alluded to before, there is an email about a, bus- a different business deal that refers to 10 held by H, which is Hunter, for the big guy. Yes. Um, and that is perceived to be possibly... Uh, a reference to Joe Biden as the big guy and a 10% cut in a deal. Uh, again, we don't know that. That element of it is uh, speculation. So, And this is the, in Ukraine. Well, <laughs> this is, is where it gets very confusing. The 10% right. one is a China thing. Right. The 50 grand a month that Hunter Biden was being paid was from Ukraine, a Ukrainian energy company, despite yeah. having no expertise in that area. Now, if you just explain how shambolic the House of Representatives is now, Mm. one congressman or woman Mm. can get rid of Kevin McCarthy just by raising their hand. Well, they can call for a vote to get rid of him and then hope that they're Democrats. I mean, basically, the the long and the short of it is Republicans have a very, very small majority. That's why it took Kevin McCarthy 15 votes to be elected Speaker one of the concessions that he offered to get elected speaker was this thing where any one person can say we'll have a vote on whether he continues to be speaker or not, and yeah. that could obviously paralyze his his rule. Uh, it is presumed to be because of those pressures that he has launched an impeachment inquiry, which will give more teeth to Republican investigators, which may or may not uncover actual evidence of wrongdoing by Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, just a final question, Niall, about the use of impeachment did the Democrats overstep the line and did they diminish by impeaching Trump twice? That's a question I, mm. I don't know the answer to. You know, Clinton was impeached mm. and now Biden faces the prospect, at least I can raise the prospect of impeachment. Mm. Everything in America, impeachment, the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and, you know, threatening to do other things. And, of course, the whole raft of legal problems that, you know, a a large section of the Trump family, shall we say, political family face, everything seems in America to be threatened, diminished, and to have, you know, lost the power. I mean, the, the extent to which judges are abused, lawyers are abused, by Trump and his people, the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, is called deranged. Mm. I mean, the Trump effect on politics, I know I'm stating the obvious, I, I hope I don't bore this, but I'm, I'm asking you how endemic this is now in American mm. politics and where American politics is going. Well, it's very endemic. Uh, I mean, the degree to which the civic fabric has unraveled here it really can hardly be overstated. I mean, I came to this country during the George W. Bush presidency, and at that time, people thought it was very bad and very divided and all of that, uh, which it was in some ways, but I mean, nothing close to the extent 
the that is the case now, where you have um, large numbers of voters believing, for example, that the president is illegitimate, yeah. um, where you have large numbers of voters uh, who just seem completely impervious to any negative information about Trump and see it indeed as evidence of a plot against him. Yes, um, where you have a, a former president who still, to be clear, has never acknowledged that. The, it continues to traffic in in lies about election fraud in 2020. All of those things feed an atmosphere which is very corrosive and very dangerous and from which there is no obvious uh, escape or respite. And a final observation. Into all of that, you throw a man who is 80 and feeble, mm. the President of the United States, against this sort of delinquent, which is probably too mild a word, figure, Donald Trump. Mm. These are going to be interesting times for the next 14 months. Yeah, not a fantastic choice for the leadership of the free world, um, really. Um, a, a very dispiriting choice in some ways, and certainly one that is a long way away from the more inspiring visions of America that were sort of stoked by um, Obama and before that a previous generation of you know President Kennedy and so forth. Yes, that America seems uh, very far away. I think. Okay, Niall. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and we're very grateful to you for joining us from Washington. Niall Stanich is associate editor of the Hill newspaper and White House columnist for a paper that is highly respected for being what a newspaper should be. That is impartial, and for the most part doesn't get involved in the Fox stuff. Uh, we're grateful to Niall, of course, as we are every week. To all of you for listening, that's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.